All right, welcome everyone. Welcome to episode 73. Today I'm interviewing the boys Rob and Locke from the Funny Business Podcast. Now this episode is just like great chats, awesome banter. We answer questions regarding launching your own podcast, having your own business, kind of navigating your way through that business when you're not really an expert in what you're doing, kind of taking that leap of faith. We both have a similar journey. We launched our podcasts around the same time and these guys are absolutely awesome. I've been a guest on their podcast. We've actually never met in person, but we've like built this awesome friendship just online and through the podcasting scene. Um, I am answering or we are answering a bunch of questions that I put up a question box on my Instagram and you guys asked a whole bunch of questions. We're going to be answering those. Um, There's, to be honest, so many that we didn't get to. So I will be actually dedicating a whole other podcast to getting into more of those questions because I think you guys would really find that beneficial. But yeah, and then I even get them answering some questions from the Do You Fucking Mind card game at the end. They're absolutely such a great time, these guys. They have their own podcast, the Funny Business Podcast. So I would highly recommend you guys go check it out if you enjoy this episode. The banter's awesome. They're so down to earth and they've just got some great like tips for life. So I hope you guys enjoy the episode and yeah, give us feedback. Let us know what you think. Danke. Okay. So welcome boys. I've got Lachlan and Rob here from the funny business podcast. Say hello. Hello, Alexis. How are you? Nice to uh, see you again. So good to see you again. Thanks so much for having us. Of course. We've actually been talking about this for a while because I was trying to think back, when was I on your podcast? Ooh, I reckon it might've been around probably this time last year, I reckon. I think so. I think yeah. it was like soon after I signed with Acast and then I, which was about a year ago, I think now. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, old, old Rollo hooked us up a treat there. I, and I remember when you come on, you blew our minds because I think we spoke about all the shit that we were just dying to talk about. So, yeah. I mean, that was one of our highest rated oh, episodes. Really? So thank you for being a wonderful guest. Oh, of you know? course. Well, anytime we'll, we'll jump back on. It'll be great. Yeah, but it's good. It's good. And I had a lot of friends listen to the episode, your episode as well. And they just love, for me, I find that the listeners love just good banter, just people that, that have a conversation, you know, they're like, yeah, like we like big name guests, this and that, but it's nice to just hear people talk about topics that they're excited about or like interested in. So yeah, I thought it went really well, that one. Well, when you said, can you get a couple of blokes, come on, talk a bit of shit. We said, oh, I think we can fill that gap. I know that. <laughs> that's my, uh, that's my uh, natural yeah, yeah, language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you know? your forte. <laughs> it's my so forte. So I actually put the call out on my Instagram and I, I kind of very literally in like three sentences tried to explain what it is that you do. And I did get some questions come through and they're still coming through now, so I'll be reading them. But before we do all of that, I'd love for you guys to give my listeners a rundown of who you are, what you do, your history and what you're doing now. Cause they would love to hear that and hopefully become loyal listeners of your podcast as well. I, I seen Locks just throw me under the bus there and pointed at me so <laughs> I can kick us off. So as you mentioned, yeah, we're Rob and Locke. We're uh, the host of the funny business podcast. We kicked the funny business podcast off maybe in April, 2020, like first up when COVID was sort of just happening, we just went into lockdown. We thought, fuck it, this is an idea that we've had for a while. We've been talking about some, doing some different things. And um, I still can't figure out why or when we start, like what the conversation was about starting it. But within a week, we're like, all right, let's just do it. And we committed to doing, uh, I don't know, publicly on LinkedIn. It started off as like a LinkedIn project. And we were talking publicly, like, oh, we're going to do 50 episodes by Christmas. And now I think we've done like, in terms of guest episodes, we've done like 150 or something like that. And it really just took off in terms of 
people were really enjoying, like you mentioned before, like the down to earth banter about talking to real topics, real conversations with real people. And um, lucky enough, that sort of snowballed and the community we've built around our pod enables to, enabled us to jump ship, quit our jobs in the last year and uh, start Wellbeings Group, which is like our, um, it's me, Locke, and another co-founder, Tammy Martin. So we have two businesses that we run, Wellbeings Digital, which is like our consultancy. We work with tech te- uh, tech companies, and then we've got Wellbeing Network, which is like, uh, it's like a podcast label, pretty much. So we've got Funny Business Podcast. We've just been working alongside um, Australian Olympian Peter Boll to launch his podcast, In My Spikes. And uh, we've got another podcast called You're Killing It with uh, Tammy Martin, Michelle Grace Hunter. So we're playing point. Locke's doing lots of editing. He loves it. Producing these podcasts. Is that what you're doing? Yeah, I'm the iMovie specialist. Uh, I I get all my work done on that. So it's a pretty simple setup. But uh, no, yeah, it's just uh, our our sort of uh, approach to podcasts is very sort of DIY. So it's kind of like a live recording, live edit every time we release an episode because we like to keep that sort of natural feel to it so it's just like and it's less editing for me and we do a podcast every day so the fact that i'm lazy and that's a situation that's the outcome that's uh that's happened so at the moment i'm doing all the editing but uh yeah we'll be looking to bring some people that's so great you guys do do a lot of episodes which i find really impressive because i just started doing two a week and i'm like oh my god how am i doing this but so okay i actually want to talk about this so you've got the podcast that you guys started, which follows a really similar timeline to myself as well. I launched like, I think two weeks before you guys did. Um, and we also quit our full-time jobs around the same time. I think it was like seven months in or something like that or six months in. Um, so, and I think like, yeah, I think that when we started the podcast around kind of as COVID's hitting, that's when there was a huge surge in like podcast listenership across the board, because I was talking to my agent, my podcast agent, she was saying that normally there would be like the peak time of like morning and afternoon. And then after COVID hit with lockdowns, it was just like throughout the whole time. Um, So I think that that was like the one positive for you guys or for me or anyone that launched. But at the same time, you need to have something that's, you know, you've got your own community, you're cultivating that community. So before I do, I definitely want to talk about your other business, but I thought before we get too much further into it, I'd ask you a question from the listeners. And it was, when two things when did you know that it was the right time to start and the second one is how did you grow your audience initially like how did you start to reach out to the people in the first place well that's a good one me and rob have always sort of said we don't really know how the idea for the pod started but we kind of had the feeling like we just wanted to do something we've been building businesses and doing things together for what the last four five years kind of thing we had obin co which was Australia's first slides company and the best <laughs> to be honest like, and the most obvious slides good? ever to come across the ditch. So uh, yeah, no, they were really good. They're still good. Yeah. Uh, we've got it. We saw they're in, um, I think they're in Nigeria at the moment. Uh, we got, we sold them on Facebook marketplace. I think it was a, a bouncer at kittens or something, picked them up and sent them over there. So now they're, yeah. now they're over in Nigeria, but they're the comfiest slides in the business. But anyway, we've been doing stuff like that for, for ages. So. It's just sort of a natural thing for us. I don't know. You want to take over, Rob? It feels like you've got a better answer. I'm just listening to you lag out a bit. I don't know if you're on the same on my end. But, uh, yeah, how we built our community, I think we had a massive focus where we were – we understood who we wanted to be talk to. The main people who listen to our audience are people who are sort of in the tech space, who are interested or they've got their own businesses, but they still mainly has that tech flavor. And 
we realized being a couple of blokes, we've got dad bods. There's no like, we're not ripped with abs and shit. So we're not going to be going out there and going to go and kill it on Instagram. So we <laughs> went uh, a different strategy and went hard as on, on LinkedIn. And for the, pretty much for the first six months, we spent all day, every day playing that platform and like building, connecting, having conversations with people, reaching out to people, introducing ourselves. That was how we, I guess, got a lot of traction early days of getting the right type of people on the pod that allowed us to build that audience where people weren't, I guess, used to seeing that type of content come out on that platform. Yeah, definitely. And I think a big one is, yeah, I, there was and a I question think, yeah, also a come through of, um... about how important do you think networking is? And for me personally, I think it's absolutely massive, but not just from my end, like networking also in the sense of like getting people to trust in your product enough that they then spread it through word of mouth kind of thing. So it's networking you personally, but also your own community doing that networking for you. I found was like, for me, the biggest factor for growth for me was, yeah, I guess word of mouth. Do you guys think that word of mouth was a big one for you? Oh, 100%. I'll throw Locke under the bus when, he, when he's there listening to this one. But he, he was amazing at this early doors is that when we were playing on LinkedIn and, and like that, getting that word of mouth, it's funny, like simple things like reaching out and sending a message to introduce yourself once you've connected with someone on LinkedIn and saying, hey, great to connect. How are things? Or nice to meet you or whatever. Locke is like the self-proclaimed king of LinkedIn. He has like 26,000, 27,000 oh, connections. Wow. And his claim to fame is that he's nearly he's personally messaged nearly every single person he's connected with. <laughs> so in terms of building a community and networking, what we're doing, he's he did a lot of the ground, the groundwork and like the heavy lifting of like time spent just like, it's like hand to hand stuff, like knocking on doors. So how do you knock on doors when we're in a pandemic and being remote? You're still going to get in front yes. of people to be able to say hi and bring that human element back in. Cause I, I see like when you do on different platforms or you're trying to, how you actually network in like when you're not in real life, it's sort of weird, you know, like yeah. you're making virtual friends and then you've got to transition from being virtual friends to real life friends. It's a bit it odd. Is. It is a hundred percent. And you start these conversations with people and you're like, where's it going to go? Are we on the same wavelength? And then even with like you guys and myself, like when we first met, we, we'd never met in person, but we've, you know, and it's just like getting that face-to-face -face connection, even if it's not in person, it's very surreal and only something that I've learned in the last year um, to do. But I think a lot of people are kind of, I think they're just scared to put themselves out there. But, and I think that they've got, I think a lot of people are worried about like, how do I put myself out there? How do I make the connection? How do I make a friend? How do I reach out? But it literally is so basic. Like it's so basic. And I think they think it's got to be more when in reality it is just that you're just sending someone a message. You're just like, I mean, I don't even have LinkedIn, but I would do it via Instagram. Pretty much all mine would be via Instagram or email. You just got to be prepared. I think I know, thick skinned yeah. enough that don't expect every single person to want to be your friend back. You know what I mean? If you're going to send all these messages back, you're not going to get the best hit rate. Yes. You got to try and introduce yourself to everyone, but everyone's busy living their own life. If you're just a little fly buzzing in there, trying to create a new friend, whatever, <laughs> end of the day, everyone's busy. If they see mine, if I saw my head pop up on my screen, like, oh, Rob wants to send me a message, I'd be like, fuck <laughs> off, Rob, you know? 100%, 100%. And it is that. It's like for you what might seem like like such a like rejection or blow for them, they haven't even thought twice about it. It's not personal, you know? One thing that I had quite a few people ask is when you're starting your own business, how did you? how do you manage doing all the different facets of your business when you're just starting out? Like obviously you don't have the, the capital to be like outsource any jobs. So how did you do it? Where were your weaknesses? Where were your strengths? 
Well, that's a good. No, that's a good one. I think like you just have to really map out what you're really good at and what you're not, and really figure it out. Like take on. I feel like you take still take on a, lo- a lot of work. Like it doesn't stop, but it's about finding out what you're good at, and so that's kind of fun to do. You know, like editing. It's not the worst thing in the world. Like it's not the fun, like I can do it. You know mm. what I mean? It's like figuring out the shit jobs and stuff. Yeah. And I feel like knowing where you need the support and who's good at what different areas. Like you can talk more about that because well, I think we're that. pretty we're pretty lucky in the sense that with the three of us that we've got in our business we've all got very complementary skill sets. Yeah. So I think that if you're trying to get something off the ground with, it's not a solo project, say you're doing something in the team, we're always speak for or positively around working with friends or working with family or in a sense that if you know each other and you've got a good enough relationship where you can have honest, tough conversations with people around what needs to be done, how it's actually tracking, what's the reality of the project. It makes it a lot easier than working with someone you've got no interest yeah. with or you don't have any, you're not bought, you're not bought into that person. Yeah. So I guess for us, it's about trying to find that in our team. It's like, what are the things, like Locke said, what are the things that we're really, really good at? What are the things that we're shit at? What are the things that we need help with? And being honest with each other when we when we need a bit of a, a chop out. And I think like having the support and people around you to, to really help with any questions and not so-called mentors. I think like everything's sort of mentors. Like I read books and I feel like they, they're mentor me, you know? So it's like finding the people who... Um, around you who know these sort of areas and just picking their brains, asking questions. And I think if you're a naturally curious person, get excited by it and just start asking lots of questions and get a team around you. I feel like none of this would be possible what we're doing without a team. Like, I've, you know, like it's just, I don't know, I think about that all the time, like having the right people in the right areas and because you can't do everything, you know what I mean? As much as I'm a bit of a control freak, I want to know what everything's going on, but it's real, really good for me to let go and I just think it's about me being confident in the processes and making sure everything's set up right, you know? Yeah, look, I totally agree with that. I found that there's certain things that, because I I was doing it all alone, and I find that even with, like, me running my own show, there's so many things that I have, like, outsourced, even just to friends or, like, you know, people that I know, acquaintances. You just have to do it. You need to do it. The things that I have done that I'm not great at have literally taken me so much time and wasted so much time that now I look at it and I'm like, if you do have the money, spend it to do it because you waste so much time. Like when I started, so if you guys don't already know, I've started my card game. I'm going to ask you some questions from the card game later. But when I started that, the amount of time I've wasted doing that because I'm not good at e-commerce at all. And I'm like this next time, I'm just, I need to pay someone to do it, you know? Oh, well, did you, so you done it all yourself, the card game, all the like creative and stuff and, and got it all made up and everything was you. Everything was me. I did the designs on like Canva and then I like got it all done. I contacted the people in China and then it came, I did like every single aspect from beginning to end. I did it myself, which was a great learning curve, but I'm like, like the time that it took and I was doing uni as well. So I was like, my head is going to explode. And I had some like very testing moments in that time. But it's good. I think later down the line, though, I think them sort of things going through that, like people respect that more because you've done that and gone, hey, I've built that from scratch. I know what it's like to, to be in the trenches and how hard things are sometimes. So Definitely. it's like progressing through the stages. Sometimes like all with it, like the hardest shit that I don't really want to do at, at the start because it's like get it over with, let's just rock and roll because if we have to do it, we have to do it, you know? 100%. Yeah, definitely. And I find it really interesting what you guys were saying about the whole – um, it's good to do business with friends and family if you can have honest conversations. 100% agree, but it's so rare what you guys have to be able to be a partnership that can have 
honest conversations. I think people want to start these businesses with their friends and whatever, but they've never been in a situation where they've had to genuinely be like pull each other up on their own bullshit. And then when they have to do it, they feel so personally attacked and then it all crumbles and falls apart before it's even begun. Do you guys ever like ever have to pull each other up on certain things? And then if you do, obviously you guys are fine. (laughs) You're still here. I think we're lucky in the sense that like, Locke and I have known each other for, for, for ages. We lived, we moved out of home together. We lived together when we, um, Locke's, who's, who's now partner Tiles and now my wife, and we all, all four of us lived in the same house together. So we've done a lot of yeah. prep work of how we deal with each other. And when we're sick of each other, we can tell each other to get fucked or fuck off. Like it's, well, it's like a brother, I feel. Yeah. I don't have a brother. You you don't have a brother, you know? So it's like, so it's, like that it's a pretty yeah. easy. So we're, it's, but in that sense, like even Tam, our other co-founder, like I work with her for, for a few different years, uh, over a few different years at different companies following around working as a team of two. So I think it's important if you are going to take on a team project that you have an opportunity to feel each other out. You don't have to dive head first into something and talking about how to get something off the ground. It's like, don't go and put all the money on the line and go and build something massive. Like test the waters first. Can you work together as a survival relationship? Is the business model the right thing? Like have a crack working it out before you jump too deep. Be curious together. I think hanging out, like now I think what's cool is like going over, like now you can't go over people's houses and have a few drinks and that, but just, talking a bit of shit and like, you know, it's all them fun convos I'm sure you've had with friends. And it's like, imagine we done this and, uh-huh. and then like actioning that out and going, Hey, let's just do that. You know, like we can do that now. Like why not? But it's actually so rare that you guys got together and did it. Do you know how many like million dollar ideas I have had with so many different friends and family members and never really executed them when in looking back, so many of them would have been executable. Like you, I could just do it, you know, but we never did. And the only one I ended up doing happened to be alone, but that was just like fluke because there's so many possibilities all the time. I think a lot of people, I don't know. I think when, when you have the concept, like with what you guys have with the podcast and now your own business, I think a lot of people have these big ideas and the thought of starting small, where you're just kind of feeling each other out, isn't as exciting as the bigger picture. So they never really embark on it because they just want to start at the bigger picture. So I'd like to, yeah, what would be your advice to people about, because I'm all about start grassroots, start small, and before you know it, if you're authentic, before you know it, it's bigger than what you ever wanted it to be. But what would be your advice to someone who is genuinely starting out? Say it's a podcast. Say they want to start the podcast in something that, and I've got another question close to that, but I'll ask it after. What would you say to them if they ultimately want to turn this into their own full-time thing? I think it's the purpose of the podcast, really mapping out what you want out of it. Like, what's the point of it? How, what is it adding to the noise? What's your point of difference? Really figuring it out. And I think a podcast is a good one to do with friends and that and figure out and learn. Like Tammy and Michelle, they never met before. They started their podcast and they're sort of gelling and learning as they go. So I feel like people can see that, um, that growth journey, especially early doors. Like if you go back through our LinkedIn posts, like a year ago, a year and a half ago, you'll see the growth and going, fuck, they got better at all this sort of stuff. So I feel like learning to put yourself on the line early is good too, you know, like put yourself out there. And, and cause I feel like if you're just yourself and you put yourself out there, you'll attract other people and it's not yeah. as hard. Like you don't have to slide into as many DMS if you just sort of be yourself and people can sort of see that, you know, and you can do, you can mix it up. But what you said really stood out is in terms of people want, you have the cool, crazy business ideas. And you're like, perfect. I'm going to be buying my Tesla next week. And I can't wait to have a thousand staff that works for us. And I'll have this <laughs> yacht and stuff. And like, I think people are going to be re- realistic with starting business is difficult. And, yeah. A lot of people aren't, don't have the luxury where if you're building a business that needs a customer base, 
if you've got an audience or you already have a, a, a I guess a, a profile, it's a lot easier to get that traction early. But if you don't have any of those things and you're starting from dead scratch, don't be disappointed when you're getting like five people through the door. Yeah. Five's great. You know, next week get six. Hard week after get 10. You know, like you don't have to, not everyone can be Elon Musk day one. Yeah, yeah. no one lives in your head and goes, oh, I can't wait for what they're going to drop that I've never heard about. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> bro, get over yourself. No one cares. 100%. Yeah. And I feel like for me, I much rather see like, slow like incremental growth constant growth instead of you know like there are so many podcasters and this is not to throw shade at anyone but there are so many podcasters that might have an existing audience but they you know jump into the podcast scene they think okay i'm just going to launch a podcast because i'm really good at instagram they get on they launch a podcast but it's just not their thing they probably haven't really loved talking for 30 minutes at a time or it might just whatever so they jump in their podcast shoots to number one and then you never see it on the charts ever again because their audience is like, we love you on Instagram, but, you know, we don't really vibe with you on a podcast medium. So it's like I think these people, like I would rather start small and grow because people genuinely want to be there versus just be this success because someone's recommended it or someone's put it there where I haven't earned it, you know. I think a lot of people, you mentioned before, like how much effort goes into preparing your episodes. Mm. I think that people underestimate the amount of effort it takes to put on a show or pre prepare for a show or put like, be consistent with content, like show up every day, show up all the yeah, time. Yeah. How long does it take to you when you do your episodes? You're saying like hours. Yeah, of sometimes if it's like the really sciencey ones, it could be three, four hours to prepare one. Yeah. And then record it. Which yeah. Is like That's hour. Yeah. Yeah, people, do. I just think it's so new. Like, it's not, podcasting is not new, but, I mean, in terms of, like, I feel like we're riding this sort of wave together at this sort of point in time, and it's just people are slowly understanding. Like, even parents and family and, and people go, what, what do you mean you do podcasting and what's this? And it's like, well, it's kind of like new radio. And so the people are catching up. I think it's, like, cool living in this sort of, like, time, what, like point in time. And the, the, the percentage of, of people that listen to podcasts and also the percentage of, like, how many hours a week they listen to just in the last 12 months has just grown so, so massively. And I think I was, I was listening to stats from, this was from the States, but it was like, it went from, I think 45% of people that listen to podcasts regularly to now it's like 70 something percent of people in like the 20 to 35 age bracket in the United States. And I'm like, that's a huge, 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 huge growth. That's nearly double, you know? And then people are listening to roughly like seven episodes a week as as an average so there are people out there that are listening to multiple a day so it's like it's been around for a while like over 10 years podcasting i remember my mom used to listen to podcasts on her like desktop computer like <laughs> 10 years ago like she was just ahead of the game but as far as like the accessibility we have to podcast and what it is now it is like something new it feels brand new because it's now everybody is talking about podcasts way more than radio like it's pretty much the new radio. The community aspect's pretty interesting. Like I think that you mentioned before that people can watch up to seven episodes. I read some stats saying like anywhere if someone's like a real podcast nuffy and they love listening to podcasts, they might listen to over twenty hours of content a week. Yeah. So we look at it and go, We're putting out two guest episodes, we put out snacks episodes, which is like ten minutes each. We're we're doing heaps of content. We're putting about two and a half hours. So yeah. even if people like our podcast we're still only not even making up 20% of their listening time. That's so it's the like, entree, baby. You know what I mean? That's why I think it's really nice that we've met people like yourself, like, because there's so much room, because yeah. there's so, like, you can't put out and create that much content. So it's a really nice community of people that like to help 
help each other out. Yep. A bit weird. You know, I've never really experienced anything like that before. That's the beauty of it. I 100% agree with you. I found that the, with podcasting, it's a very collaborative community with podcast creators. And of course, the listeners, but the creators, I feel like no one's encroaching on anyone's space. You know, you're, you're literally building each other up. And if you genuinely enjoy each other's content, you want, like, I love to see you guys succeed. You know, you want to share each other's audience and like, and also offer audiences more. It's not just like, oh, I want to grow my audience. So give me your, it's, it's genuinely like, I want my audience to enjoy your podcast kind of thing. Oh, well, that was the feeling we got when you jumped on ours. And I felt like our audience around the neuroscience and thinking just like differently like that we never really touched on that and that was like one of the main reasons we wanted you to jump on our pod you know what i mean it's like this is a really cool perspective and it was just a ripper chat it's and like a, yeah appreciation of people's craft you know what i mean like yeah the podcast, the sarah davidson, davidson would love her the way she she's, yeah sarah yeah. davidson sees the a she's got a sick pod love that yeah no it is it is honestly i yeah so okay another question for you guys is do you guys ever doubt yourself and if so what do you do when you feel that way you go oh, doubt myself um sometimes i just feel i feel like that you know I, I don't doubt what we're doing you know what i mean in terms of the purpose and all that sort of stuff but like abilities and stuff i think my head goes all over the shop all the time you know what i mean it's just i just think we battle all the emotions of doing what we do and it's up down all around but i think i'm just obsessed with the game and i just feel like i'm always constantly sort of pushing myself in these different areas that I'm not comfortable in. So I've, I've doubt myself all the time, but it's about sort of getting over it and just trying to break through the barrier. I feel like maybe that's something like naturally that I just like doing. I don't know. I think imposter, we've, I think we talked about it the last time, like imposter syndrome is real. Like if you're getting, if you're constantly putting yourselves in uncomfortable positions and you are growing, there's a chance that you are going to feel uncomfortable enough where that self doubt might come in as, Am I capable for this? Do my abilities allow me to execute this? Should I should I be allowed to be here? Why, what have I done to be here? Like, heaps of those things go through your head, but it's like, how do you calm yourself down and focus a bit like, well, fuck it, you know, I'm, I'm here gonna, now. What am I going to do? Turn around and go home. I'm having dinner tonight. I've got, like, clean water. My family love me. No dramas, exactly. you know? Exactly. And I think it's, it's not even a reflection on how well you're doing. Like, I am doing it way better than, than I was doing, you know, 12 months ago or six months ago. And there are still moments where I find like if the workload's so big and you're about to put out a piece of content and you think, is that up to standard? Is that what it normally is? Is that what it, like I'll sometimes have more doubtful moments now when my success is better than, than at the, I think it's almost like ignorance is bliss at the beginning. You kind of just like, Oh, I'll just let see what sticks to the wall. And then as you get better, you're like, Oh, I have to maintain a standard, you know? Well, it, it feels like, um, you know, like with music, like the debut album or the EP, and it's like, this is just, this feels like the band's about, and then they have all these hit singles, yeah. and then the next one's like, fuck, we've got to back this up with a banger, you know what I mean? Like, this really has to hit, and do we get scientific about it and structure it up and be real analytical about it, or we just go loose as and just, it is what it is, and just back ourselves, yeah. you know? Yeah, and it's, I think it's almost always better when you just go in without analysing it too much, especially something with what you guys are doing. Can you guys please touch on what you're doing with your business in a bit more detail? Because I'm actually really intrigued by that. So our background, um, well, my personal background before we started the pod was I was working as a coach for software development teams. So I would go in. Whistle and everything. Yeah, no whistle. But <laughs> pretty much my, the thing was how do you create high-performing teams of people? So how do you, a lot of these people in the t software and tech space, they come, they're 
they're naturally introverted. They've never worked in team environments before. And then all of a sudden you're thrust into this, this thing where the companies are going to deliver new features out to customers. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that comes down to how do you interact, communicate, um, help link the work from idea straight through to execution. So my job was to help wrangle the troops and make sure that things were getting out the other door, but also in the same way that people were being, uh, I guess, treated like people and, and that like element of well-being and performance was still in there. So what we're sort of doing from a business thing is we work, we, we partner with, um, with companies. So some of the companies we're working with is like OzPost. Um, and we're sending people out on site who go and fill head counted roles and, and do those jobs. So they might be like delivery managers type things where they go and help right. deliver a, a set of features for a tech company. So that's sort of what we're, the game we're playing. And when, so wh- where was the concept for that? Where did that come from? Uh, well, I suppose it was just naturally the, the jobs that Tammy and Rob were doing. Uh, we had the thing with the pod uh going and we're like well we've, we've you know we're on linkedin we live here we're, let's just do it you know let's just go all in let's work together we were catching up for lunches when we all worked in the city on lunch breaks down in the where was it the collins street gardens or whatever it was whatever it was a couple of barmies don't worry about that and uh <laughs> we just knew like you know when you're just chatting around and there's just there's something about it and it just felt right i don't know what it was it was just kind of like a feeling and i, yeah. I think from there it was just let's just get this going like I've always sort of had this feeling, like, I don't know, with my career and stuff, I've just always felt a bit lost and never knew what I was doing. But now it feels very like I know exactly the direction I'm going. Like the branches are all different and that's cool. I don't mind going down all these different directions, but it's more like the gen- now there's a bit yeah. of focus. Yeah. But from, it, was just an, it was also an easy first step for us. Like, so for Tammy and Tammy and I were already working as a team of two, which was like a plug-in consulting for a, for a company anyway, yeah. but under a different label, we're like, well, fuck it, we're already working as a team of two. We've done that now over the last couple of years at different businesses. Let's go and do it under our own label and use that as the, as the I guess, the, the first step of launching what we want to do. And the podcast has created this amazing community. We've got really good traction, people who know who we are. Um, we're getting opportunities to put foots in the door because they don't, they, they've, we've built up a level of trust because we've shown up, we can demonstrate, we can do things. And we're talking about like we half pretend like we know what we're doing. Yeah. So that was sort of what allowed us to, to really make the move and jump ship and it's been crazy this eight, the first eight months of this year has just been i just said to lock i'm taking a day off for a couple yeah. of days and i have we haven't had a day off since i don't know april last year you, I remember? no i don't know what last yeah. day off was. <laughs> that's crazy but it is i feel like for you guys as well if you're going to be doing like a, a business that's kind of semi-connected to the podcast in the sense of your community it is crazy like the level of trust that you get from your community like they know you they genuinely know you they know what you're about it's not like this concept that they have like they actually know you and it's crazy how they can almost like predict what you're about to say next and they get they they literally are on your wavelength well i think one of the big standouts that we we've noticed over the last 18 months is the growth of your community like in terms of engagement and and things like that we always look at your like your you specifically as an example of like perfect growth for like just I don't know. I just see like you've built something special there, and it's just like for us outside looking in, we're going, "Fuck, this is yeah. amazing." Hundred percent. Yeah. Just it's so it's so sick to watch. Like hey. we've like we said, we start, started at a similar time. We've also got we got pigeonholed in same of the sort of things, and we're both on the ACAST stuff. But seeing your, like the your community, how it's grown, and the example of how you do your content, yeah. I think that it's cool. Well, yeah. And how easy is it when like if if people think they can just 
talk to you like a friend, like nothing's hard, like nothing's hard. Like they can swear in like an opening like message and it's just a bit like, oh yeah, I can totally be myself. It's not like a stiff interaction. Yeah, no, know? exactly. Like I honestly, and, and from people like most of my, my listeners are younger and of course, cause of my language and whatever, but I've even had like some listeners, I had this legendary woman, she's, she hopefully is listening now, but she's like, I'm 55 I work in an office and I would love for you. She goes, you've, you've introduced the word cunt into my vocabulary and I would love for you to create a mug that at the bottom of it says cheers cunt for telling me so she can drink it at work and her colleagues and she's 55. And I'm like, I just love this community so much. And like, when oh. would you have these interactions with someone you've never met who's like, you know, 30 years older than you on Instagram? It's so cool. Oh, it feels like it's similar parallels to like a Twitch, you know, like we've got some friends who play on the Twitch space, Michelle Grace Hunter and Hamish Moore. And I feel like the connections that they're making is sort of similar to a podcast. Yeah. And it's, and it's weird, like they're getting tattoos and shit. And it's like, really? it feels like it's another level because you can get, you can make friends anywhere all around the world who are into the same sort of thing. And I feel like at this point in time with tech and everything evolving, like, we had uh, Dauda Leonard on, who was Grimes' manager, who looked after DJ Snake and all that. And like Amazing. futuristic technology and events and all that, well, it's game changing now. You know, this is just the start. Like, it's yep. crazy. Yeah, totally. And it is, it's very different to, I feel like, you know, there's that whole movement of like, oh, what you have on the internet's not real. You know, they're not actually friends that like this and like that. But I feel that with, with when you have that podcast, they, they are my friends. Like, I feel like you genuinely have this connection. And even on the Facebook group and people are like out there doing God's work, they're giving each other advice and I might not even be able to write anything for a few days and I jump on and everyone's just giving all this advice and referencing episodes being like, listen to this. Yeah, in our Slack community, we've, we sometimes I post and I get no love. And it's like <laughs> some of the people who come in and they're posting, they're getting all the love and I'm like, fucking hell, we created this. You know, no, we're getting one like. I thought that was funny. You know? They're like overtake. So that's the good thing. That's a good thing though. Like seeing other people engage and then seeing them help with jobs and like, honestly, that sort of stuff, that's the shit that like makes us keep doing it. Yeah. That sort of blew our mind. We had a couple of early doors. We had a few opportunities where we'd like introduce people in our community through this, this, this Slack group. And next thing you know, they're like catching up and someone had helped someone else get a job and like change careers. And it's like, fuck, that's pretty powerful stuff. That's like real life changing, meaningful stuff. And we're putting this pod going, well, this this is started off just us wanting to do a, this project, and now it's sort of grown out. And this community has real responsibility. Yeah, it's we, have, a bit, we feel yeah. like we feel accountable to keep yeah. putting things out there because it, it is putting good out in the world. And I think it's in a time, especially like the last eighteen months, putting realness where people can have that that connection, even if it is virtual. It is when they get that same feeling that they're missing. That is, and it is these real like it's actually like a real. Difference. You're making a proper difference, like a real connection. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Guys, I've got – I'm playing some cards with you. I've whipped out just a handful of just just the – look, it's just a mix of a few cards. So I'm going to put you on the spot and I'm going to ask you some questions from the card game. And you, but you, we'll, we'll alternate between the two. So we'll go Rob first. I wish I defended myself when – finish the sentence – when Locke chooses to upload the worst photos of me ever <laughs> while making sure that he always looks schmicko and he like he is every photo he ever posts across our socials, Locke's looking like it's like perfectly shot with like nice photo and lighting and shit. 
And anytime I post a photo of me, it's like the worst photo you could ever take and he laughs and finds it funny. So I wish I had defended myself a bit more and held my ground a bit more there. I don't even I don't even look at anyone else in the photo, to be honest. Any group photos. Like even if you look at my Instagram, everyone else probably looks like shit, but it's like <laughs> that's my best angle. You can't their eyes are blurred, who gives a fuck? Right? <laughs> Photos. You've got to send me one now, like the worst one. Oh. Where you're. Oh, like, I will. 100%. There's, a, oh, there's a few there, so don't, you don't have, we're going to have to search <laughs> So you wish you'd defend it. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay. Look, something I want to do less of so I can be happier. Uh, editing. That'd be fantastic because that'd give me more time back and I can just dance around the house listening to music. So if I could replace that with that, that'd make me very happy. Love that. Totally. Okay, Rob, what is a lesson I wish my younger self knew? Ooh, patience is a virtue. I'm an impatient person and good things take time, but sometimes you want to see the results yesterday. That's not how the world works. No, it's not. I couldn't agree more. Wow. Yeah, that would, yeah. Good. Okay, Rob, top three things I wanted to be, I want to be remembered for when I die. Ooh, uh, authentic, loyal, and I don't know, fun. I'd like to be fun. Like, like I, I'm seeing like future versions of myself and it's like the, you know, like the cool dad, the cool uncle, like the, just the carefree sort of, I'm not dealing with all that sort of responsibility. So <laughs> I'd like to just be pigeonholed in that. So I don't have many responsibilities as a adult, adult, you know, literally. <laughs> okay. Rob, I judge people who dot, 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 because dot, dot, dot. I judge. Well, that's a hard one. That's a good one. See, the card game's good, you know, <laughs> making you think. It does. Off the top of my head, I judge people. Yeah, you are the judge, aren't you? I, I like we all I judge. judge people in the car <laughs> when I'm driving past them because they've looked at me in the eye. You know when you're driving past and you make eye contact with someone and they look at you? Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck are you looking at? You know? <laughs> so that's sometimes why I judge them. And but they're thinking the same. Yeah, but I'm looking because they're looking. <laughs> like, what's this guy looking at me for? Okay, now this is for both of you. Give each other a daily task to do for the next seven days. So go on the spot. Daily task. Uh, you you to edit all the pods for a week. That's that's a daily task. <laughs> Did I have to? Does he have to actually do it? Yeah, no. You I was like, <laughs> perfect. Yeah. Okay. Hey, can you not take this Thursday off? That'd be great. <laughs> uh, all right, and you can. Now, you can just be, I don't know. Come on. Come on. Don't what, what can crumble. you do? I'll just crumble with punish, me, punish me. Punish him. Make him, like, cook all your meals or something. I, I want you to have a bath every day this week and just chill out, you know? Oh, see, so he's been too nice. That's my hobby. You know what I mean? Like, I went hard and brutal. He's done this deliberately to make me look like the prick. Hey, and, right? he, and he pokes bad photos of me. But oh, yeah. So I'm the villain, huh? <laughs> okay. Okay, look. Um... What did I used to think was important, but I realize is not? Uh, having lots of close friends. Mm. I feel like having, like, I used to think having lots of all different groups and being real close with everyone, it, the more responsibility you get, it's harder and it's, and it's tough. Like, you, you lose a lot of people, especially through school and that. Yeah. And I think, like, having, like, a close knit of people who've always got your backs way better than a group of 20 who kind of care. Yeah. You know? That's a good one. Mm. And I find that it's, it's really hard to make that that uh, to adapt after high school because in high school it's so common to have like a big group of friends like I think I was like one of like a, a group of 15 or something 
that that's just not realistic to it there's no bad blood and there doesn't have to be a falling out but to keep that closeness it's just not realistic and the effort that you put into it well you got you got your job you know what i mean like at school you'd all hang out and then all of a sudden you work you might have one or two close work friends or something or you meet someone at work who becomes your lifelong bestie or something like that you know it's hard and i feel like that probably doesn't get spoken enough about you know like the friendships and evolving and you know it's hard because some people yeah. you know they want to they want that friendship and stuff but sometimes you're in different spaces and you can't give all your energy to everyone and those conversations are tough and you know you want to be as careful as you can because at the end of the day you're friends for a reason you know like there's so many relationships you don't want to burn any bridges no, but no. you got to be able to get that space back well i actually had a few people and this is actually a common question that i get especially when i talk about like setting boundaries and things like that I have a lot of people who are younger and like whether it's out of high school or uni and they say, how do I step away from this group of friends who I care about and I love, but they're just so like stuck in the old high school ways and they're like with the, the, the drama and the bitchiness and the negativity and I just don't want to be part of that and I feel I've outgrown them. Am I a dickhead for no longer wanting to hang out with them anymore? And I'm like, that's just, not, A, you're not, but B, you have to make these tough calls in your life. You have to know when to, you don't even have to say to them, I'm severing the ties with you, but you've got to know in your head when you're like, that's no longer what it used to be, you know? A hundred percent. And like, if you have to be blunt sometimes and you know, probably shit's getting talking about behind your back, you're just like, whatever. I don't care for a reason. I'm making this decision because I, I don't need to care about this. Exactly. Anymore. You know, so it's about, but it's hard. I mean, it's when you're growing up, like I think back now and go 22, they're like, I don't know what I was doing at 22. I was dumb ass. Oh. You know what I mean? Like I was so stupid. And I'm like, I can't believe I got here. I made it to this age. You know what I mean? Like, Literally. Oh, it's crazy. I'm like the shit that you put up with and like, the things you say yes to, you look back now and you're like, oh, I had no idea. No idea. <laughs> no idea. But they're good Facebook memes. You know, every day you got a new thing that you went to and you're like, fuck, I'm glad I did that when I was 18 and it's could, like you know. the demons coming back to haunt you. It's like, Facebook is amazing. Yeah, it is. I'm like, oh. <laughs> like a status update. Don't remind me what I was putting up as a status when I was 20. Oh, you you were the king of status up there. Oh, I used yeah. to do nearly almost daily, and I was just, I look back now and go, oh my God, no, no, no. this is just like an open journal. Daily. Oh. I, know. I know, daily. And I'm like, am I okay in the head? Did I have nothing better to do with my time? Oh, I was just, I would give me attention, give me a like. What I go to tonight? I'm like, no one cares. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, when your parents always say, oh, you think the whole world revolves around you? Well, at that point, you definitely do, don't you? <laughs> okay. Um, okay, but a couple more. This is for Rob. Um, what is a moment where I was in the right place at the right time? Right place, right time. Mm. Right place, right time. I reckon it's something that happened recently. We went and looked at uh, a new office space, like a recording studio thing that we're going to be moving into. And we turned up trying to figure out what it was. And like our branding colors is like rainbow. Like everything's to do with happy health, yeah. life, like, we love we, that. We shit. love all the colours, man. We love all the colours, you know. Right? Ladybirds and rainbows, get me involved. But literally, we turned up to this building that was going to be there, and then there was painters there at the time, and they were just painted this big building white, and they were painting a rainbow on it. And we we're like, that's a bad. Before we walked in, we we're already like, this is good vibes. Yeah. And we walked in, and that's it's, it's three hundred thousand dollars for six months. I'm like, dumb. It felt, felt right place, right time. I was like, this this feels like a sign. Well, we don't know if it's good yet. Yeah, yeah it, could be, it could be shit, but, you know, whatever. And it is that, that next step. And it's almost like I'm so 
I love that concept of like having these signs and these things because I think when when they're there, whether whether it's true or not, having a sign or having you know how people say like have your sign. Who knows if it's true or not, if it's placebo. But what I do know is that if you have that and then you see it, it almost dissipates any fear or stress that you have. You're like, oh, it's got to be right, and you're just calmer. And it just flows better, so I'm all for it. I love it. Oh, I love that. And it could probably just settle. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't La- know. Ladybirds, rainbows. Ladybirds and rainbows. Like he's got a thing. Whenever he sees a ladybird, you're just like, oh my god, this it's is the thing. It's like life. It's just yeah. it makes me so happy. Yeah. Yeah. But then it's like you know, you can choose your day when you wake up. You're like, oh, I can wake up sort of angry and stuff. And then when you see a ladybird, it's, you can look for signs though, can't you? That means you're sort of looking for for change. You're looking for that like validation of like, oh, this is somewhere that's not me. That's telling me that this is good and it, let's just do it. Like, is that mean you're actively like searching for it? It is that. I feel it's that proactivity with your life. If you're like, okay, I'm, I'm looking for the good. I'm looking for, you know, so I think the idea of having a sign or a symbol, I still think it's really good because it gets you in the headspace of like searching for something bigger, something greater instead of focusing on your current stresses or your past so it is quite i think healthy like mine's the number 109 and that number always crops up at the right time it's just crazy did you know there's a toro in my song called 109 really yeah it's really good you should check it out it's probably your life anthem now i'm i'm 100 going to check that out i'm very excited to hear that okay there you go Locke, who am i the most impatient with and what could i do to practice more patience with this person uh, I reckon it's phone calls from mum, I reckon. <laughs> I'm just going to give her a little shout out too. I just think like, you know, when they're always just, I want to know everything, especially remote, it's just like the f- constant sort of yeah. phone calls all day, but like, <laughs> it's good. Like I want to catch up and that, but it's more like, all right, we can't actually see each other. It's like, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. If it's, if I'm fucking whatever, yeah. take the call and talk and as best as I can, like I leave it hanging sometimes, but I do my best yeah. you know, to make sure I answer them and and family and stuff because i think doing lots of things like what we're doing it can easily just like brush aside and like i feel like that's the thing that i'm sort of constantly thinking about and trying to work on and be better at 100 percent, i love that and it's true i think that sometimes when you're updating people on your life sometimes you forget like i haven't updated this person i might have told so many people what i'm doing but this person really cares about me they really want to know and you might feel like you're repeating yourself but it's like pause have some patience, like they care so much about you and yeah. Okay, last. Well, they're the biggest supporters. Like you're always thinking at the end of the day, if I was sick and in hospital, who'd be there? Who's the people that like mean the most? So it's like, fuck, I can't be shitting on the, the most important people in my life, you know? Like, have you guys read the book, The the Top Five Regrets of the Dying? And it's no. about people that are legitimately on their deathbed that got interviewed and asked about what are your major regrets? And it's all the things that we know about but to hear people that are actually on their deathbed talk about it, it really hits in a different way and it makes you be like, whoa, that's so true and I can actually change it from this part of my life, not looking at it from my deathbed, hoping that I had done something. So, yeah, it's a great book. Highly recommend. Love that. Well, I'll check that out. I love all that sort of stuff, like even the YouTube. So it's just mm-hmm. like I constantly thinking about it when you're at that stage of life, what are you thinking about? Like what are the most important things? So yeah. I think looking at older people too sometimes and understanding their thoughts and what they think about things really paints a picture into our future because it's like, well, there's the stages of life. Like now that people are having kids now and it feels like a different chapter of my life where like the days of going to the bars and getting fucked up and sort of gone, like maybe, <laughs> maybe a couple of times a year, but uh, yeah, you know what I mean? But it's just changed. Just yeah, it's changed. And just go, I was going out literally, literally when I was younger, 
I'm talking out, out, not just to a bar, like out four nights a week. And I'm like, how did I have the energy for that shit? And now I'm just like, also. I'm impressed. Four nights a week? Yeah. Like to, and I wasn't getting like, I wasn't even getting destroyed and couldn't function the next day. Like I was fine, but I just had to be out at the club. Even if I'd like called it at midnight, I don't care. I was like, just get me out. The thought of doing that now, even though I like, I really enjoy being out and about, but the thought of that four nights a week, I can't think of anything worse. Yeah. And I forget how to talk to people, that many people in a big group setting. I'm like, oh, there's too much to think about now. There's like 10 people here. Who do I talk to? Like, I'm always constantly thinking in my head, like that bloke hasn't been asked a question yet. Like, let's make him feel good, you know? Like, and then someone could be talking to me. I'm like, I don't even understand what he's saying. You know? Sorry, mate. I'm talking to someone else. You in, know? in my head. <laughs> Literally. Oh, you're like too, too empathetic now when you go out. <laughs> you can't be <laughs> Just want to make people feel good, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, last one. Rob, I'm going to start calling people out when they dot, dot, dot. Oh, this is hey, I like this one because there's many things on his mind. All right, I got, I got a good one. <laughs> I'm going to start calling people out when I think that at the moment there's a lot of things out there, especially in the space that we're working, where people use a disguise of doing things in the right way to promote mental health and well-being, mm -hmm. but it's really just a business process that they're trying to tick a box to do something yes. where they're not really have any care or human elements of genuine interest on helping fix systemic issues on people's mental health and well-being. They're just doing something to try and make themselves look good. I'm fucking over that. Yeah. Funny that you say that. I've got a friend, his name's Anu, he's a legend. I can't remember the charity, so I'm not going to like quote it and say the wrong one, but there's a charity that he was, because he's all about like men's mental health in particular. There's one that's always promoting mental health and running all these charity things and fundraising events, and it's huge, okay? And he actually reached out to them, and he's like, what do you actually do for men's mental health other than raise awareness? Like, what steps are you taking, legitimate steps, and how are you actually helping people? There's all this money, but is all that money going to raise awareness, or are you actually taking steps to help men that are struggling? And they're like, oh, you know, it's really good to raise awareness. And they just never really answered the question. They answered him. But they're like talking about the benefits of raising awareness. He's like, right, now I know that all these millions of dollars that you get literally is just to continue to talk about it but not actually do anything. It's a rot. I, like, I think some of the businesses out there at the moment that are announcing that they're giving like their employees like three or four days off to, do, to deal with the pandemic and pandemic stress leave and shit. But like... At the end of the day, the work's still going to, I bet you the deadlines and shit that they've got in their businesses that they expect out by Christmas will still need to be done. Yeah. So are you actually fixing a sustainable work issue or are you just giving them a couple of days to quickly recharge before you start whipping them again? You know, that's where I, I look at all this sort of space. I just think the way it's all set up, the most wrong. Anyway, that's what I'm going to I like that. That's a rant. Touche. That's good. Back yeah. Back rant. No, rant good. over. This is what we're all about. We love this shit. Is it a confidence thing too, like knowing that you're doing the right thing and you're armed with the right information? Because I feel like sometimes early doors with me, why I wouldn't call stuff out is so like if someone called me back out and said something and I didn't know the thing, I'd look like a fucking idiot, yeah. you know? So it's like making sure I'm more educated maybe yeah. on what I'm making sure that I know what's actually going on. So when, you know, that in my head, I've got it all covered. It's, it's, it's two things actually. It's A, knowing that I have at least some knowledge of what I'm talking about. I hate the concept of just talking shit because I think it, but I've, I don't actually understand it. And then B, I'm now more comfortable than when I am wrong, I can say I'm wrong. Or I can also say I don't know the answer to that, but I know the answer to this. Like I'm more comfortable with owning 
where the limit of my knowledge lies. And I think when I was younger, I'm like, unless I'm 100% right, I'm not going to say anything, so I just won't. Instead of just starting a conversation being like, look, I know this, X, Y, Z, I don't think that's appropriate. You know, And then you start the conversation, whereas before I would have never. No, oh, I agree, yeah. Oh, no, 100%. It's just I think nowadays too, like even – I just think we live in a weird time. Like people just don't know the effects of social media and all that long term. Like we're living in the information age. Like we say it all the time, but like who knows the long term effects of like all the added stresses and all the added inputs in our life. Like when I'm 80 and going fried, I don't even want to watch the TV. I just want to, I want someone to read a book to me, you know, yeah. while I'm lying in the bath. The, kids, kids will grow up so quick. Like yeah. I'm, I'm, I hear all the stories about the, the scene in the news at the moment about like the, the number of kids under the age of 15 or something like that, having suicidal thoughts or being, yeah. um, being put in hospitals at the moment to get treatment. You're like, well, fuck me. Like I was, what were you doing at 12? You know, I was definitely not, I, didn't, I was so carefree out riding the bike, doing whatever. Whereas yeah, now it's like they're absorbing so much information that parents used to try and protect kids from a, having to, oh, you don't have to learn about that. Don't worry about that. It's not for you or whatever. Yeah, later on, wait. Now yeah. kids with their like access to information and stuff, it's like they, they're more up to date with the news and everything that's going yeah. on than anyone else. They are. And they're absorbing all that stress and anxiety, having all the, like, the stress of the world on their shoulders. Even yeah. things like climate change is a perfect example, you know, like how many people are like, oh my God, our planet's going to die and like whatever. We'll but, leave it to the eight-year-olds yeah. who care more more about it than any of us. You're, you're kidding. Yeah. You know what I mean? Be a kid. Yeah. Like, ride the bike. They're very, they're very aware. Like I'm, I'm actually quite um, hopeful for the future because of the younger generation coming through. They're actually quite like tuned in like, what's happening with the world and they're a lot smarter than I think people give them credit for. But then because of that, they don't have the emotional maturity to deal with the stresses. So I think that they're also kind of overwhelmed with everything that's going on, even though they're way more switched on with world global topics than we would have been at that age, for sure. Oh, 100%. And even now, like, I know that schools now implement, like, wellbeing programs. And I think now, reflecting back on me at high school, if I had someone like that who would actually, like, so, like, it's like having the cool teacher doing it, like, someone like that where you can sort of open up to. Yeah. And I just think someone like that would be vital in, in, in early education, and especially being getting them conversations out of them youngsters if they're feeling like that. Because it is, yeah. it's fucking crazy. Definitely. For me personally, like going, I live on the phone, live on the laptop and that. Even when I'm in the bath, I've just, I have the laptop on and I'm editing or I'm doing stuff. I'm working from there. But for the first time the other night, I just had everything off and it was like, oh, just, just hearing the sound of the candle, just moving stuff. I was like, oh my God, like how crazy is this? Like I'm back to looking at things that I thought were fucking grouse. You know, I used to take photos of fucking up, up close with plants and shit. And you're like, well. You know what I mean? And getting back to that, that sort of thing, like you appreciate the beauty and the little things. And I feel like in the stuff that we do and like, especially with all the added stress and there's a million different spinning plates, like that recharge thing, like firsthand for me was like, oh, new burst of energy for me. 100%. 100%. There's a couple of books in that space that I always go with. There's, there's an author, I don't know if you're Cal Newport. He does a couple of books. Digital Minimalism is one of them. Another one's called Deep Work. Okay. His stuff is unreal. Like it pretty much teaches, it's, it's all about like how do you disconnect yourself from technology but also still understand it's a tool there for your use yeah. but it doesn't control you. So if you want to read any books about how to live and like decompress from some of that stress of being attached to the digital world, Digital Minimalism and Deep Work by Cal Newport, unreal. And have a bath. And have, have a, bath. a bath. Oh, my God, I love that. Okay, guys, perfect takeaway with those books. I want to read them. I'm starting to read a lot more, so I'm excited. Um, thank you so much, guys, for coming on the podcast. That's so awesome. And I cannot wait 
to be able to go down, see your new space with a giant rainbow on it. I'm so proud of you guys. This is very exciting. So thank you. Oh, well, thank you so much for having us on and thinking of us. And uh, we can't wait to have you down in Torquay. And we absolutely love all the work that you're doing, the community that you're building and you. the people in your corner. It's just, it's awesome to watch. Yeah. Thanks so much for having us and looking forward to taking our virtual friendship to in real life. I know, you know? I can't wait. I'll be so excited. Thank you. So now lock, enjoy your, your, shower, your bath every day for the next seven days. And Rob, enjoy editing every episode. Perfect. There you go. I'll send you daily videos. Please do. I'd love to. <laughs> thank you so much, guys. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you do want to check them out, the boys are out on their podcast. It's Funny Business Podcast. It's awesome. They're great. Just, yeah, really, really lovely down-to-earth guys and have awesome chats and banter on their podcast as well with really awesome guests as well, I might say, on their show. Um, and that is all for today. If you guys did want to grab yourself a deck of cards from the Do You Fucking Mind card game, just head to www.doyoufuckingmind.shop and you'll be able to get yourself um, a stunning deck of cards with 150 plus questions. So good times. And that is all for today. Have an amazing week. And I will speak to you guys later on this week for the second episode. As always, guys, remember, be kind to yourselves, be kind to your brains. Don't take shit from anyone. And especially don't take shit from yourself. Danke.